All right, let's go. Well, Tim, I, I'd have to say that memorial they had at Ottawa was uh, one of the best. Uh, uh, it brought tears to my eyes, I tell you that. Yeah, yesterday was November 11th. Yeah, November 11th. 11th and, and Remembrance Day in the U.S. was Veterans Day. Poppies, you know, it started in World War I. And 650,000 went to war. Over 10% were killed. That's 66,000. And another uh, 72 were wounded. 172,000 were wounded, yeah. 172,000, that is more than, the, the, than all of uh, World War II. And then they did the poppies because of Flanders Fields, right? The yeah, and uh, it was really something. Uh, well, you and I, how many years ago, we went to see Vimy Ridge. Yeah. Which is the battle that people say. You know what I, you know what I find that strange, there, Tim? There wasn't one person on Vimy Ridge. There wasn't one. Yeah, we went there. and it, They didn't close it for us. No. And we went there, and we, we were the only ones there. We were the only ones there. I had two uh, 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 two family members die. Uh, and, uh, and then, well, we found his service record. You should, you should read that. Yeah. It was Thomas McKenzie and uh, Thomas William McKenzie. He was uh, a sergeant, right? Yeah, he was a sergeant. And uh, they were occupying the position of the Southwest and Hay Court. On the night of the s- September 2nd, 1918, his battery was subject to a heavy shell fire. A shell entered the dugout, which he was occupied and severely wounded in the head and right and shoulders. His wounds were dressed, and he was taken to the field ho- hospital and evacuated. He later died. I thought the memorial was... I thought it was the best one. I remember when I was there a long time ago, and I was the only one watching <laughs> And it was it was sad to see. Boy, they were, they were packed there yesterday. Yeah. You know, the one thing I really found interesting one time was we went down to see your brother, uh, Richard, Uncle Rich, and he had a diary yeah. of one of I your, must read that diary. And I, it was just amazing how, I don't know what the word is, like they talking that he, they went out and the Egas and the Jerrys, you know, fired a few shots at us to keep us honest. Like it was really unbelievable yeah. writing about what was going on back yeah, then. You know what you know what got me it was the it was it was such writing. Oh the penmanship is <laughs> just pen, unbelievable. Penmanship was unbelievable. And, and you know and the thing it'd be scribbled in there. No, it was it was neat and it was like right yeah. online and everything like that. So but I gotta say Dad around Mississauga didn't see a whole lot of poppies. That no was, and, again and I think and and I have to say on T V uh, I hate to say this but it's the truth the wardrobe, the lady has a, a big pile of, and they just shove them on those. That's why they you see them on and everybody on TV. Yeah, well, I don't know. It'd be interesting. We have a lot of listeners in uh, the UK. There, it's Canada, United States, and the UK. And so, anybody that's listening in the UK, send us uh, a note on Twitter or on our Facebook page if there's a lot of poppies in the UK. That would be interesting to know. Yeah, it would be interesting. Because in Mississauga, there, there certainly was not. No. No, I'm afraid to say it. So, Dad, last night, lots of games going on. We watched the Bruins in Edmonton and Toronto. We were flicking back and forth. And 
the funny thing was we were kind of watching the UFC and uh, Donald Trump walking into the Madison Square Garden. Boy, Gardens. wasn't that something, him walking into that... Uh it was, you know, because you like the first thing I thought is there's no there was no secret service around no. him. He just was walking into Madison Square Garden. The place just went nuts, and and just went and and he's shaking hands with people. And I never saw any any guys protecting him or anything no. like that. He was the first guy. He was the first guy out. Boy, he saunters good. No, he looked good. He and and he looked good too. Yeah, he sa- he does a great saunters. But we watched a lot of games. So, what did you think about last night? This is Sunday morning. Well, you- I don't think it was a good game. But and and uh, which game? An Edmonton game. I wa- I watched that and, uh, and I felt you know what I really felt bad when they lost to San Jose and Jay Woodcroft and uh, Mason were or yeah, Mason and were, were walking, walking off, off eh? and he looked and he said, "Well, I think that's it." <laughs> and uh, so I, you feel like he's got the sword of Damocles on his head. but Well, McDavid never scored, and neither did Drysdale, and then two other guys scored. Yeah, Hyman scored, and you got a hat trick. So, so you know, though, Dad, you— And Jack had, Campbell got sent down. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, the one good year. Remember you had, Yeah, with the Leafs, he had the one good year. And, and, and then uh, that was it. So let me ask you, Dad, you— when you were coaching boss, like Edmonton's in a funk. They, even though they won last night, they're pretty much in a funk. And you were with the Bruins. You had a six-game winning streak. And then you guys went into a funk. I think you guys were like 2-15 and 15 or something like I that. I tried to tell them. I, I kept, I, 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 <laughs> it's t- tough to tell them somebody when they've won six straight. They're kind of looking at their nails. and do, 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 do. But how do you get out of it? I don't know. I don't know how we got out of it. We just kept... We kept plugging away, plugging away. Harry didn't know he didn't have a guy ready for me. I thought I was I thought I was done then. And I remember he had a meeting. He had a meeting with the guys, and they were all in this little room. And uh, he went on and on and on and on and on. And it's and it's supposed to be the coach is supposed to say, "Come on, all right, guys, let's go. Let's go get ready for it." Not a word. And he, <laughs> so he just kind of kept going and going. He just kept going and 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 sweat. And he had a light. I remember he had a light. He had light blue suit, suit uh, shirt on, and 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 sweat started to come. Well, yeah, because you if you ever watch the '72 uh, Summit Series, you see Harry sitting behind the bench, the sweat stains coming through his jacket yeah. and stuff like that. But <laughs> so you just you just got to. I don't know. We just started, it and and you know, and I remember. Uh, and that thing, I remember. I remember. I remember ha- Matty Hagman, and you know, Matty wasn't one of my favorites, but he was looking at the guy, and he just happened to look to to his left like that, and just as he looked to his left, as the puck came on, the guy stick, and the guy went in for the tying goal. God, I think we tied a, a game, and then turned so up. like last night, Woodcroft, he kind of gave a couple of shots to the goalies. On, on posting, no, it wasn't our goaltenders. No, but I'm saying, like, what, what did did you give the players heck, or did you, did you? I was, I, you know, and T- Terry O'Reilly said the strangest thing. He said when we were winning, he was the hardest on us. On when we were winning, and when we were losing, he was almost fragile. He says so he, he was like our mother when we were losing because nobody likes to lose. That's the way. That's the way you have to treat it. But anyhow, that's the that's the word that uh, that Terry used. And he said it was almost like our mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. As you say, I don't think the I don't think like the Oilers. They're try, They're not. It's not like they're not trying. When you see the guys not trying, then you know you're in trouble. 
So we watched a bit of the Leaf game last night. How about Giordano going after that big uh, that big guy in Vancouver? Hey, I'll tell you one thing. Not that you don't know how tired you are after a fight like that. He looked like he was pretty tired, uh, especially a big guy, because the big guy, uh, he just he was just standing there holding and, and for a while. But I'll tell you one thing that when they could use Reeves, they didn't they didn't dress him. Yeah, I think they're using Reeves as a little bit of the whipping boy. Yeah. in the media. I mean, he like I, I kind of I remember the one time we we talked about Mike Christie. My every time in Colorado, Mike Christie was on the yeah. ice. Marty Ashram would let in a goal, and he was minus. And that's what's happening to Reeves in that in that game against uh, Calgary. Well, Stepped I, on the ice and and it was it like wasn't his fault, but boy, there was a camera on him. <laughs> there was a camera on him and put the camera on him, and because it's it's his his fault. It's not his fault at all. No, one went off two guys that went in. But uh, you know that the Leafs kind of look. You know what I think the pattern the Leafs are doing is they play good against good teams. And they're not up against the weaker teams. That is a bad sign because uh, we used to just mop the floor. That's a bad sign. That's a bad sign when the team gets up and then gets down, up and down, up and down. Yeah. It's not good. And uh, let me, I'll ask you, like, you kind of had this. Oh, and by the way, Cindy's taking a day off. That's why oh, Cindy's yeah. not talking here. Um, that you, when you first went to Boston, you had Phil Esposito who had, 72 was it 75 goals and then 62 60 i think 65 and then and then and you had bobby orr who the yeah. first year was a defenseman and led the league in scoring did did the other guy like did you lean on them too much like because that's what like pk suban said he thinks that that keith relies on marner and matthews well i think they do and we used to rely on bobby and we we had we had a hundred points. I think I was ninety nine. Anyhow, Bobby Orr he played every game, played every game. Yeah. And uh, but then when Bobby and then when Bobby left, and you know what I, I read in the paper, I was just kind of going through a thing when Bobby Orr went to Chicago, that Harry Sinden sued the Chicago Blackhawks trying to get compensation. Back. Well, something something for him. We got nothing for him. I heard that that this is what I heard. Is that they got uh, the franchise in, in Chicago? Yeah, they got uh, they got the uh, concession stands. Yeah, yeah, the, and uh, and that's where they make all their money now. Called well, Delta something. They anyhow, make. we 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 didn't get anything for them. Yeah, but like when you when Bobby and them left, uh, and Bobby and Phil left, then you really went to you had like a four line team. We we and anybody could have coached them after a while. Because it just kept rolling and rolling. But I used to put Marcotte on. If, if a line was going bad, I'd, I'd switch Marcotte on that line. And I keep seeing me be talking a lot about Marcotte. Yeah. But, uh, because, he, you know, you we talked about it before, but you had 11 20 goal scores. So that's everybody on the first three lines getting 20 or more goals. Yeah. And then, the and goal, then, and then Park, one defenseman and one guy on the fourth line. So you just, no matter who you threw out there, well, it's yeah, cool. I remember one time in Buffalo, the, the guy thought we. I put on Rattel, Schmatz, and uh, Marcotte, and and they thought I, that was our checking line. So they take off the French connection. And he said, Tabernacle de Calis. Yeah, Rene wasn't too happy. Yeah, Rene Robert. And when, when they take them off, they take them off. So I just could. Just left Rattel's line out there. Yeah. Was, was that the time they got. Was it. 
They got the three stars in Buffalo, and oh, they, they yeah. locked arms, and they skated around like figure skaters. Uh, so, somebody said, Schmott, I think Schmatzy said, watch watch what we do. It was Shepard, Schmatz, it was all small guys. Shepard, Schmatz. And- I don't know. Oh, Mar- and, and, and Marcotte didn't want to do it, but he did it anyhow. They just- it did. It didn't look very good. It well, they came out and they were like kind of like they were arm in arm skating around. Yeah, but it didn't look very good. No. And we used to have fun. I remember one time when I up in the sign and beautiful signs. They used to have signs all over the place. Oh, Buffalo, yeah, yeah. And one of them had the uh, cherry and Winsink, goon with the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buffalo. That was that was. People don't realize that back then. Buffalo had he they had ninety points every year. Yeah, and you know they had a good club. They they really had a good club. We were in fight with them all the time, so they had a real good club. And would you tell that story about uh, uh, about Punch about the punch when he left early? Yeah, we told that before. That's a funny oh, we story. told that story. But yeah. That's a funny story. You should tell it. So the game was in Toronto, right? Yeah. And Punch Imlac was the... And he was Buffalo. He drove over with... Was with, he the coach or the GM? No, he was the GM. GM. And I think we were tied or one, one point ahead of them or something like that yeah. in the standings. And, with, and we were losing in Toronto 5-3 with about two and minutes. And they, they, they would have caught us. Yeah, about two minutes to go and Punch leaves. And, and by the time he got to the parking lot, the guy said, gee, that's too bad, Punch. He says, what do you mean it's too bad? He says, that's too bad about the Boston Bruins winning. It's, no, they did. They were losing 5-3. By the time they get, he got to the parking lot and talked to the guy, because the guy was listening to it on the radio, he said, too bad. Yeah, it was what? I, I never forgot that game. Yeah, Dougie Howard scored to make it 5-4. Maddie, Maddie got a goal. Maddie, Maddie Hagen got a goal to make it 5-5. And then was it Donnie Marcotte? Donnie Marcotte got the goal. Got the winner. Yeah. And, and like about within three minutes, within two or three minutes. Yeah. It was something. And that was, I always remembered that game. So, Dad, we'd like to thank a sponsor we have, Vintage Tendy Magazine. It's a magazine for goalies, by goalies, and it has all kind Boy, of... pictures on it are unbelievable. It, it is a great magazine, unbelievable picture, super high quality. And uh, if you have a man cave, you want to get them because... You'll be looking, all your buddies will be looking through them during the game. Four issues a year, and this latest issue has Clint Malarchuk on the cover, and you have uh, some stories on Trechak. Yep. If you want some more information, visit Vintage Tendy. That's V I N T A G E, Tendy, T E N D Y, magazine.com to subscribe or visit them on their Facebook, Vintage Tendy Magazine. It's great. And speaking of vintage goalies, Dad. John Perry from Whitehorse in the Yukon wanted to know if you know any stories on Dunk Wilson, who was a goal. Well, I, I, I knew some stories, but I wrote them down. Uh, Dunk was from Toronto, played 10 seasons in the NHL for the Flyers, Canucks, Leafs, Rangers, Pittsburgh. <laughs> he, he sure jumped around anyhow. He played 290 games and eight shutouts. He got the first shutout. And, and Canucks history. Did he really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And a nothing-nothing tie against the Leafs with Perrant in the net. I wrote all this stuff down so I, I wouldn't forget it. When playing for the Rangers, the fans really gave it to him the business after a goal. He skated out of his crease and took off his glove and gave the middle finger to the New York <laughs> fans while, while doing a pirouette. Yeah. Is that what you say? How do you say that, pirouette? Pirouette. 
was a bit of a wild guy. Had one of those goalies are a free spirit vibe, anyhow. And and he, you know, he used to. Yeah, I remember Bobby Schmatz used to do this too. He used to get into a wheelchair in the airports, and I used to say, you know, you shouldn't do that because that's, you know, bad bad mojo. It's bad 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 doing that. And by golly, he got his knee all wrecked. I, mean, I remember Scott Scott Garland was the guy that hit him. I think. Yeah, right yeah. At, uh, at at Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah, Schmatz, he was cutting across. Yeah, I didn't, I, so you were saying that, yeah. That uh, Dunk Wilson used to do that and drive John Ferguson nuts. Yeah, and boy, I and John Ferguson would go wild because we we belong in the old school that if you you fool around in a, in a wheelchair and, and everything like that in the airport, that you're going to get it next. Well, I remember superstitious wise that I I hurt my ankle and I was on crutches and you wouldn't let me come to practice or let me come into the dressing room. You said, nope, you can't come until you're off the crutches. No. And you know what's funny thing is, when players get hurt, they stay away from the dressing room. They come in, they come in after everybody's left. I remember Bobby Orr, and I won't say it again, but Bobby Orr, he never would never come in with the players, and he'd ride the bike. Funny to see Bobby Orr. <laughs> I think we didn't want him back, and uh, I remember he used to come in and ride the bike. Yeah. So I remember one game. Well, we were talking that one game that Dunk Wilson played against the Bruins in 77, and the Penguins should have won that game, but Cheevers, Jerry Cheevers, always played good in Pittsburgh. Always, always. Yeah, I don't know why. I remember one time, I think I told a story, but, but I'm going to tell it again, that uh, Julie Gilbert, we won our first two games, and Julie Gilbert was supposed to play the third game, and, uh, and he, got, he got the hives. Ma'am, I, I and um, I remember Danny coming to me and says, you "Better get Jerry, Jerry's right." I think Jerry had a Coke and a pop. <laughs> Anyhow, it was the greatest game he ever played. Yeah, but uh, Dunk Wilson was in that in that game uh, that they played in '77 was just a regular season game, and they outshot the Bruins 42-31, and it was a two-two tie. And uh, Cheevers always played good in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and uh, John Rattel and Matty Hagman scored for Boston, and Sil Apps and Pierre LaRouche scored for... He was living in in, in Honduras and... Uh, living the life on the beach. On the beach. Yes. He's having a good time. Well, Tim, we had a good day yesterday. It was Saturday, uh, the under-17 one, and... Uh, yeah, that's a... That's a it used to give people a turn uh, what that is. It's the world's under-17... And so it's kids 16 years old. So they're the kids that are, they're mostly all drafted by the OHL. Some are playing, some aren't, some are in midget. But Canada is so strong that we usually send at least two teams over. So <laughs> Team White won, beat the U.S. And so, uh, and two, uh, and a 3 2, I think it was, and a, a very, ex- I like it that they have in, in that tournament um, overtime, it's three on three till you score. Yeah, well, I no, I, no I sh- think that's good. Yeah, and I, mean, uh, I love the three on three. I I don't like the shootout. The shootout was okay for when it first come up for a while. Yeah. But I I like the three on three. Well, like last night, Boston uh, yeah, Montreal. Well, what uh, what? How exciting was that three on three? Oh, Dinah, that was an exciting game. Well, Tim, I'd like to end on on Ottawa and a memorial down there. It was unbelievable, and I hope everybody remembers. And, and 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 appreciates all the guys that died 